0: Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. Sean Forbes, Jason Spees, Ashley Smith with Truckers Against Trafficking joining us here this morning at the Williston Basin Conference as I get my levels all ready in between. It's a busy show this morning, Sean Forbes. I, th-
1: I feel like there's twice the number of people here today than there were yesterday. Big CEO
0: day today. Oh, yesterday yeah. was kind of the, the appetizer mm-hmm. where they brought in the uh, North Dakota dignitaries. The B-Squad, if you will. No offense, but Aww. today's the governor and the lieutenant governor. And then Harold Hamm, the CEOs, all the big dogs are coming in today and tomorrow. Of course, uh, Mike Pompeo is coming in tomorrow, former Secretary of State under Donald Trump. So generally, these conferences give you one day to kind of get warmed up or wind down. So it's either the front end or the back end where they they either do one or the other. And This year, it was kind of the front end, but it was still busy yesterday. People were really excited to get back into it, so I think yesterday was probably one of the more successful first days I've ever had at a conference, but uh, Ashley Smith, how about you? Hello.
2: Hi, thank you for having me here today.
0: How are you doing on this lovely day? I don't even know what Wednesday. day it is. Thank you.
1: Yes,
2: I, You know, pretty good for a Wednesday, enjoying seeing people having good conversations and just learning more about the companies in the area and seeing how we can partner going forward
0: truckers against trafficking
2: yes sir. talk to us about that so we are a nonprofit. we educate we educate equip empower and mobilize members of the trucking bus and energy industries to combat human trafficking as a part of their everyday job so we do that through free training resources that any company can kind of enter into their system or their safety meetings to really raise awareness of what this issue is and how it powerful their employees are in reporting the crime when they think they see it happening.
1: What kinds of training do you offer the drivers? You know, you talk about awareness and things, but specifically, what is the number one thing that they're looking out for?
2: So... When we talk to uh, either drivers or energy employees, we're really focusing on where they might see this crime during the course of their everyday jobs and uh, what those victims might look like and what they might not look like. So when you see this on the news, people talk about, you see pictures of people that are in chains or they're fearful or they...
1: Just acting weird. Yeah,
2: they're they're acting weird and you think that it's gonna be really easy to identify. But we really focus on some of those key red flag indicators. <laughs> so most people don't know, but to in the United States, anybody under the age of eighteen that is selling commercial sex is automatically considered a victim of human trafficking. So they need services. So if anybody sees somebody that looks maybe just they're not sure if they're eighteen or not, the call needs to be made on their behalf so we tell people to call the human trafficking hotline and that number is one 888 37 888 and that hotline what they'll do is they will either get local services somebody that can help them if they need help getting out of that situation or if they have questions or they have needs that need to be met they can help with that And then they also connect with local law enforcement that is trained on the issue, and they know how to handle those cases and help them. So the number one indicator is anybody under the age of 18. And the second one is any evidence of what we call pimp control. So if you see somebody else watching uh, that potential victim, if they're in that area, if they drop them off and pick them up, that is usually somebody that is controlling their movements and isn't letting them leave that situation.
1: What are the statistics?
2: So we talk about the problem on kind of a a global scale. So there are over 40 million victims of human trafficking globally. And the issue is um, it's a greed operation. So traffickers are looking to unfortunately make money and it is a $150 billion criminal enterprise. So it's the second largest criminal enterprise that makes more money than arms trafficking and it is second only to drug trafficking.
1: With some of the recent wow. changes in um, our government, um, it seems like the border has been a little less restrictive lately. So, has there been an increase that you've noticed?
2: So we don't always connect uh, border security with human trafficking. So okay. it is something that is actually more of a domestic issue. So what's happening is that traffickers, they're identifying uh, people with vulnerabilities. So that could be somebody who is food insecure. Maybe they're uh, they're from an abusive home or their even self-confidence is down and they're talking to people online. So traffickers will actually hone in on that and they'll be talking to multiple people at once and grooming them for that situation so people like to think that oh i automatically am going to say like oh it's somebody from another country my family my community won't be affected but they are the they are part of that demographic that traffickers are looking for and they can especially as more people spend more time online these years they could be grooming untold number of potential victims all at the same time
0: do you get much support from the oil and gas operators
2: We do. So we are fairly lucky that we've gotten to engage with quite a few companies that they see that not only is this uh, the right thing to do, but it's going to help their employees. So they'll train their employees on this issue so that they can keep an eye out for it. During work but then that information ripples back into their home lives so they're really looking more they take care of their communities and their families better because they understand the issue and since they learn about it at work it's in like that non-stress environment it's not automatically telling a parent that your kids in danger do this it's this is an issue now also think about how this impacts your home life it's a
0: tough issue nobody wants to admit is out there and so that's why I bring it up because Just last night, somebody found out I worked in oil and gas at the hotel I'm at. First thing they brought up was Williston, North Dakota and the story that came out five, six years ago or whatever it was. And these stories just keep coming back and they always identify it in oil and gas communities. And that's why I brought up do the operator support because that's a difficult situation because they're not the ones involved. But at the same time, how much social responsibility is on them because they're the ones with the business, you know, and that sort of, it's a sticky wicket. I mean, so how, how, how is that approachable from, you know, from your company to somebody in the industry? Cause that, I, 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 I wouldn't want to be in your shoes at all.
2: So we, what we talk about and kind of the approach we take is that we know that traffickers, they are they're businessmen, just like all these people at this conference. They are looking for people that are going to, quote unquote, buy their
0: services. I never even thought of that. Yeah. By the way, my mind went to truckers because yeah. truckers Truck against trafficking. Yes. yes, I thought a lot lizards right away on yes. a different level, you know. Yeah. And I didn't even think of the Robert Crafts, yeah. the New England Patriots owner of the world, you yeah. know.
2: And so when you think about. When you think about traffickers, they are going to try to find where they think they're going to be large groups of men. And they're looking for people with uh, money in their pocket, time on their hands, sometimes they're away from home. So that could be a sporting event. That could be an ice fishing tournament. That could be a conference. It could be out in the field. So we we approach that with the company saying, hey, you care about the safety of the communities that you live and work in. Let's also worry about the safety on the human trafficking side. So we make sure... The training's approachable, it's easy for them to plug and play into their system, whether at a safety meeting or an orientation or their learning management system. So we're just, we tell them the problem, but we also give them part of the solution is provide that training and then we help them on the back end with policy and just language around how they can combat this issue
0: say a mask announcement if anybody would like a mask they can go to 906 that is four down five down from us we are 9-11 911. We are the emergency response station here. 911. <laughs> we're directly across from Ten Code. That's a bunch of ex-military and cops over there. So we say we're the emergency response station, but go see them if there's a problem. We're five down from Sanford, where they're giving out masks. They have I
1: mean, some custom rifles. A couple. We got the uh, rifles this way. So <laughs> well, no, I Mule think Mueller we're Foundation. we're pretty safe. I the think we're Mule pretty Mueller safe. The
0: Foundation's right there. He's got a gun. I feel
2: yeah. pretty protected here. So, and if we we've also got the guys with the drones, couple ones down that they can kind of keep an eye on the situation. Yeah, for they're
1: us. spying though. All right. Yeah. I love what you said about. Um, I think awareness is the key thing here, right? Like letting people know what to look out for, and not only does that translate to their everyday work, but to their lives as well. Especially if they have young children that are on the internet and. You know, just talking to them about stranger danger, right, and just interesting things to keep an eye out for. I think awareness and so, so many things this is important. So I, lo- I love what you all are doing.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we see that quite often that it really, it's that ripple effect is impressive because people feel more comfortable talking about this because it's like, oh, I heard about this thing at work let me talk to you about this. So right. it's not, uh, I read this scary thing on the internet. It's it's something a little bit... Yeah, let's talk about it before it happens. Exactly. You know,
1: so. before you have to read terrible stories, let's talk about it ahead of time so exactly. that we can avoid these things.
2: Yep. Every little bit counts.
1: Yeah, I was, I was cruising around the show and I made it, I think, to the end of the first row and then my, t- my time was up I had to come back oh really yeah and I met Ashley and I thought this is such an important topic and we need to have you on
0: I'm very happy you took some time to come out here and, and share this information um, do you have just a couple just uh, uh, indicators that you can share with us that you know that you might people if they notice something that not necessarily go overboard about it, but just be aware that, okay, now that's that's a sign that's not normal. That's going down the path of possible sex trafficking. I'm not trying to insert anyone into anyone else's business, but at yeah. the same time if you see a fire you gotta call nine one one, right?
2: And I will actually share a little tidbit with you just before we even go into that is that if people think that they see this crime happening, we never want them to insert themselves into that situation. So it's it's safety first, not only for the person that's viewing this, but also the potential victim. And if it's not a trafficking situation, the person that you think might be the trafficker. So we want everybody to be safe in that space. So we always tell them to either call the hotline, which is one 888 37888, or if they think it's an emergency, to call 911. So, because law enforcement will be able to open up an investigation in that situation. So, uh, my miniature safety moment there is don't approach that situation, but make that call. And we do have wallet cards that talk about what information to look for, and if you think that you're talking to a victim, what questions to ask? So some of those questions would be, uh, do they get to keep the money they make? Uh, when was the last time they spoke to their family? Do they actually know where they are? So if somebody's in the middle of nowhere out um, at, at a man camp or an oil field, if they can't tell you where they are or how they got there, that means somebody else took them there. So just right. understanding that. And then our two big ones is anybody. Are you
1: safe? Do you need help?
2: Yes. So, but even in those situations, sometimes they don't know how to ask for help, or they've been trained to think that nobody's going to help them. So, kind of recognizing that they may not be honest with their answers, but if you ask less direct questions, they might feel more comfortable and in, in saying, "No, I, I don't talk to my parents anymore." Oh, I don't actually know where I am. That'll kind of key you in, like. How did they get here? Um, so we always, and then we always talk about anybody under the age of 18 or any evidence of somebody that you would call a pimp that's by them, that's keeping an eye on them. And then just signs of malnutrition. If they look injured, if they don't look well, or they're not dressed for the climate. So uh, it gets pretty cold up here in North Dakota. And if they're not dressed properly, why are they dressed that way?
0: It's very interesting use of the word pimp
2: mm-hmm. in
0: that context. It's the first time that's ever been just so sterile. Yeah. That's I'm I was quite impressed with that actually.
2: Yes. And we, and when we talk about this, people instantly they think one specific look for pimp.
0: Absolutely, but, I did. But
2: really, it can be. <laughs> when we do our full presentations, we it can be up, a woman. It can be a woman. Absolutely, we put up a slide of uh, different human traffickers, and you're talking uh, female teachers, ex firefighters, militaries, people that are in. Uh, kind of dignitary positions that are doing labor trafficking of their domestic employees so it looks like everybody so you can't say I'm just looking for this one specific person you have to look for that dynamic between two people and do they match should they be together is one fearful of the other is one more watchful of the other
0: all right so I got a difficult question here before we conclude Um, truckers against trafficking Of course, all I could think of is truckers. I used to work for a trucking company, and so I'm very familiar with truckers and some of their loose language, if you will, and and just the way that it it goes. No problem. That's why I like truckers. We call it truckers' wisdom. Their trade shows are very unusual. They're different. Uh, how do you compare a oil and gas trade show with a trucker's trade show? Have you done a trucker's trade show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, talk to me about that a what? little bit. Look, look at the look on her face so she knows what I'm talking about.
2: Well, it's not even that. It's just that, so, more recently, we've done uh, the Mid-American Trucking Show and Great American Trucking Show, so Louisville and Dallas. And um, I will be perfectly honest, the biggest difference right off the top of my head is size. So the one that's in Louisville is it's huge it is such a big show and um that's my last big conference that i went to before everything really shut down so in all honesty and it's just the droves of people so when you think about a conference bringing in groups of people like i'm saying thousands upon thousands of people walking through those aisles so it's not so much the The people, it's just kind of the size of those, and just understanding that that's a whole population of people that we are working to train, that um, what's interesting is over the years, the attendees have become more and more engaged in our mission and wanna be more and more engaged in the fight against human trafficking. So we've uh, worked hard to kind of change the hearts and minds of that industry, and we're doing the same in busing and energy.
0: I like talking to the guys there because those gentlemen and women, they've got a lot of time on the road. So they think a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so when they get time to talk, they talk. Yes, And they've got some very unique perspectives. I love it. Anyway.
1: I think one of the problems with human trafficking is the potential for a money-making operation. It's its a renewable operation because you can make money over and over and over again. And that's way more popular than drugs. Yeah. Right.
2: In- when we talk about that people when we talk about that, people are like, why do people do this? When you think about somebody that has to smuggle drugs into a country, traffic drugs in, they have to keep doing that. They have to keep going to get more supply and that is a danger for them. But if they have one person and they can add another, if they can keep adding people, they can resell them. So it's that's the scary part. And that's why it's becoming a, a growing problem because people are noticing that, hey, this is something that I can make money at we want to stop that as much as we can
1: yeah well how do people get a hold of you if they have any questions or want are interested in some training
2: yes so uh, we anything can be found on our website so it's truckers against org so uh, our energy program is listed under our programs tab I personally can be uh, contacted by email at a Smith at truckers against trafficking org If that's a bit too long of an email to to search, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. So Ashley Smith and I have Truckers Against Trafficking listed as my employer. So feel free to connect and we can help your company enact change.
1: Thank you, Ashley. It was great to meet you and I thank you for your service. This is an incredible thing that you've devoted your time to.
2: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yes.